Mother podcast by Abby Williams, a space dedicated to supporting, empowering, and connecting all parents in all seasons of parenthood. You can find more supportive content over on Instagram at youthemother, and be sure to check out youthemother.com, where you can reach out to work with me one-on-one or sign up for my group coaching. In this week's episode, I'm welcoming on Dr. Morgan Cutlip, who is a clinical psychologist who knows what it feels like to lose yourself in motherhood, and she is determined to help mothers navigate it better. She is experienced and trained in translating psychological theory and research into practical, accessible, and actionable advice, which she shares with her clients and social media followers, and through her courses, podcasts, and her blog as co-founder of MyLoveThinks.com. And in her latest endeavor, her new book, Love Your Kids Without Losing Yourself, Five Steps to Banish Guilt and Beat Burnout When You Already Have Too Much to Do, which is available for purchase this week wherever you buy your books. A huge congratulations to Dr. Morgan. This book is absolutely amazing. It is so insightful, practical, and easy to read and utilize. And in today's episode, as we talk about her book, Dr. Morgan sheds light on how we as moms got here, talk about five steps for transformation, and how we can use Dr. Morgan's new mantra, go mom yourself. Again, a huge congratulations to Dr. Morgan. This book is so, so good, impactful of so much useful information. Please make sure that you go pick it up. It'll be linked in the description of this podcast. Also, make sure that you are giving Dr. Morgan a follow over on Instagram at Dr. Morgan Cutlip. You can also find her on her website, drmorgancutlip.com. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and if you do, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Your support here on the podcast always means the world to me, and I so appreciate you being here. So let's get started in supporting you, the mother. Morgan, welcome back to You the Mother podcast. I'm so excited that you are here joining us again. You were with us last season talking about managing the mental load of motherhood. You've been with me previously talking about boundaries, and Morgan and I connect so much over Instagram. And Morgan, I consider you a true friend. So thank you mm-hmm. for being a friend in this space with me. Um, and Morgan has birthed her first book into the world. (laughs) I am so excited for you. A big congratulations on how to love your kiss without losing yourself, which is a whole ordeal. So we will definitely be diving into (laughs) how the heck to do that. Um, But Morgan, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Thank you for having me. I totally consider you a friend too, and I'm so grateful for you. So thank you for having me. Um, where do I begin? I, so I have my doctorate in psychology and I've specialized in relationships for over 15 years and primarily in the field of taking psychological theory and research and translating it into practical tools. I've worked alongside my dad for many years where we created courses. He was, he was like doing courses before it was the thing that everybody was doing. And, um, so just in the space of really trying to take 
what we know from psychology and actually like what do you do with that to make actionable changes in your life and so that's where I live and I um, have been working with you know trying to support moms around the mental load around burnout and their relationships with their partner for a number of years primarily because you know in my work with my dad I just specialize mostly in marriage and dating Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And many, many years ago, I was like, someday I am going to do something for women. Yeah. And I just I just wasn't sure what that looked like. Yeah. And then our daughter Effie was born, and I just – I was smacked upside the head. Yeah. With, <laughs> but I was just yeah. like, I did not expect this. Yeah. I thought I would crush it. Mm-hmm. And I could not believe the insane amount of loss of freedom, yeah. the burnout, the resentment towards my partner that started to develop, the overwhelm. I did not recognize myself. And I was like, well, this is my calling. Yep. <laughs> this is, someday I will not feel totally this buried. And when I come out from the rubble, I I want to use my skill set and and find a way to help moms navigate this time mm-hmm. from a more empowered perspective. And so that's what I'm doing now. Yeah. So when we talk about loving our kids without losing ourselves, right? I think so many of us are similar journey into parenthood as you're mm-hmm. describing, right? You know, I think that there's so much cutesy stuff around like, oh my gosh, motherhood. And you're going (laughs) to just like walk into it and it's natural and you're going to be great. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we come in and it's a lot. I also think that modern motherhood is a whole extra level of a lot. Right. I think our generation and probably the generations that are going to come after us have a whole different bag that we're carrying. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I lay out in the beginning of the book, yeah. it's um the first chapter is called We Mom So Hard. And I lay out three reasons mm-hmm. why I think motherhood feels really hard. Yeah. And so it's kind of touching on multiple things you're saying. And um, one of them is, so the second one is idealization, which is my yeah. experiences versus my ideals or my reality versus my ideals. And I think that a lot of us do go into motherhood. Like I said, I, I expected to be insanely good at it. I was like, I'm going to, I've been really wanting to be a mom ever since I can remember. I felt like I knew exactly how I was going to handle every little situation. I was not birthed the baby I expected. Um, I was totally and so that difference between what we expect and these ideals that we carry into motherhood and our reality that gap between is really where I think feelings of falling short guilt and shame can creep in and so many of us go and I think all of us actually go into motherhood with this sort of internalized vision of what kind of mom we're going to be and we don't really ever explore what that looks like the way that it really manifests is that we're living in motherhood and it's coming out in the form of unrealistic expectations all over the place and we're just falling short we're like why does this feel so hard it's like well you're expecting one thing and experiencing something really really different I think another what you're touching on which is really affecting our generation specifically and I think future generations is the intensity of our parenting standards and it is like where the heck did this come from because I just feel like coming into parenthood I don't think I knew that motherhood was hard because it didn't look hard for my parents no 
right? Like, I don't think that they were putting in hard work. And that's a whole different conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, my listeners know, right? You know, I'm like, we're breaking a lot of cycles. I'm estranged. Um, And so there's a lot of stuff there, right, that we could talk about a different time. But I think, like, as a whole, were our parents doing or putting the pressure on like we are? And, like, why the heck have we taken it like the pendulum way over I mean I think that's part I think that's part of it is a lot of times a lot of times in just every domain of life when we see an issue and we want to correct a lot of times we swing way way too far far. yeah and we're like oh yeah we we need and maybe the next generation will like realign it bring it back a little bit and I would say I mean I don't know I feel like my parents worked hard but this is what I don't think they were doing I don't think they were worried about like the fragility of our of their children's development I I feel like we have this heightened awareness of the fragility of how people turn out and then we're sort of confused by this messaging which is like we're really fragile and the smallest things can feel traumatizing and stick with us forever and um because we know that we worry in that one moment we sort of misstep with our kids or like oh shoot that's the moment that's leaving that forever impact and they're going to be unpacking that in therapy but then on the other hand we are sent messages of like kids are resilient like we can't and we're like we're confused are we fragile or are we resilient and I think we feel conflicted a lot in parenting but I think the dominating mentality or force right now is the cycle breaking stuff yeah and I think that it's a beautiful necessary wonderful thing I agree but I think it adds so much pressure I agree I see things on social media like don't praise your child you're gonna raise a codependent and it's like Oh my gosh, what? You have to praise your children, okay? What? Like, but, or if you do praise them like this, you know, it's like we have um, nitpicked the way we say things, the way we respond to things to the point where I think parents are sort of walking on eggshells. Yeah, yeah. We're we're so hypervigilant that I think we are like uptight probably a little bit. I feel like a lot of the the parents that I'm working with, like, are just here for the scripts, right? Like, just yes. give me the scripts so that I know exactly what to say in every single situation so I don't mess this up and they're not, you know, traumatized yes. for life, right? And I'm like, the point that I try to do with my clients a lot is that the goal is not to be this perfect parent. No. You are going to mess up. You are going to get that script wrong. And, like, yes. you can still raise resilient, wonderful Nobody's on their game that often. (laughs) Right. Yes. And I think sometimes people, um, because a lot of the places we're getting this information is social media, which is another one of those things where it's like really awesome, Mm -hmm. really valuable, Mm -hmm. all this free content from professionals in the field, but also too much of a good thing can become bad. And I think it becomes really overwhelming sometimes. We become overly reliant on what seems to be right right and on an expert's opinion versus our own. And I think, too, sometimes we take it so far that we are trying to be so sensitive to our kids' wants and needs and feelings that we're like, we don't feel like necessarily we have any um, tools for correction of behavior. I don't know if you've seen this with people show up where it's like, then we sort of feel helpless and then we end up snapping because (laughs) we're like, we're giving so much goodness and you're not listening to me. Right. You right. Know? And I'm not so supposed think, to do timeouts because that's yeah, and horrible. I can't do timeouts. And I can't take things yeah. away because that's horrible. Can't. And I can't use physical punishment because we know that's bad. Right. What do you 
we do? And so we are giving so much of ourselves to this parenting journey. I mean, when you look at research, it shows how important parenting is to the millennial generation. In my opinion, we've sort of backburnered partnership and and parenting has moved to the forefront. We give so much. Again, it's a good thing, but too far. And I feel like we're setting ourselves up um, for burnout, for um, some resentment, even in our relationships with our kids Mm -hmm. and just a regular or almost chronic feeling of guilt or falling short. And then you throw in there, I mean, the the most cliche response to some of the stuff is, you know, the comparison things on social media, but it's a real thing. You know, do, do I, I don't have the wooden toys, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't have that Montessori play. I don't have the nugget couch. Mm -hmm. I don't have the, you know, all of the things that we see um, that provide this sort of like regularly constant stimulating environment for our kids that we're led to believe we need to continually set up for them and and take care of and so it's it's a lot it's 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 funny I I think I might do some content around this but like our daughter's favorite toy for the first I don't know every once in a while it still makes an appearance was an ace bandage an ace bandage (laughs) like hours of fun making pulley systems and yeah. and like bungee jumping and it's like she's not she's not climbing up a wooden ladder in her Montessori playroom I mean I think sometimes we make it harder and I think like to. we can also get swept up into some of these like trendy things right like mm-hmm. we have the nugget couch because yeah, everybody has great because everybody has the nugget couch but I hate it Oh, you! I hate it because, like, for me, I get so overstimulated with yeah. like my kids. I have four kids, so of course I'm overstimulated. Yeah. But like, when they're the jumping, the loud thuds in my house, Ugh. and so they make like these obstacle mm-hmm. courses, and the floor is lava, and like there's mm-hmm. four humans <laughs> just like elephanting around my home and I'm like take it outside I can't take it right and I'm literally like screaming at them like take it outside and so I wish like you know for me I needed I should have done something that was like an outside go jump which we do have like trampoline they've got all the whole outside stuff too but like but then it's hot outside. They want to be inside jumping and yes. doing the things. And like for me, I'm like, I'm going to pull my hair out and I'm probably doing more damage than you having this like trendy, stimulating thing. Right. Yes. Oh, it's so hard. I know. <laughs> I know. If it's not one thing, it's something else. Yeah. 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 But I feel like that's kind of like where we can like lose ourselves in some mm-hmm. of these things mm-hmm. is just giving to all the things that we should be doing and we should be giving to our kids and we should be providing and not looking at ourselves and our needs. Yes. And I think that that's like really what you got, you're talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. So I was saying there are the, there are three things, Mm -hmm. three reasons why I give, why motherhood feels hard. And so we've hit on the two. So Mm -hmm. the, the ideals, um, the intensity of our parenting, are we parenting and, you know, good enough mothers or are we trying to be perfect mothers and um, I lay out what it means to be an intensive parent based on somebody else's research not mine yeah. but I think it's like it's like aha moment research yeah. to understand but then the first conflict that I talk about is really about our identity and the conflict is my needs versus the needs of everyone and everything else and I think that's just this um, undercurrent of our experience in motherhood where we're sort of whatever you want to call it, programmed, conditioned, raised uh, in our society to back burner our needs for the preservation and sake of our relationships. And so 
you know, in the beginning of motherhood, it's really necessary that we do this to keep our babies alive. It's sort yeah. of this, you know, we have to yeah. be able to sort of de-self a little bit right. to take care of our kids. But a lot of us get locked in. So then when you pile on trying to live up to these crazy expectations, when you pile on, you know, this intensive parenting and all the worries and the anxieties about messing up our kids, yeah. it becomes really easy to just make ourselves small, shove our needs to the background. And we were like five, six, seven years in and we're like, we're done. We're burnt out. We're so crispy. (laughs) And I don't even know what I need anymore. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. And so I think that's, oh, like, I don't even know, you know, and like my husband will say like, well, just tell me what you need. And like, you know, I I can do like whatever. Right. And he's like flexible and ready to give it. Right. You're like, I have no idea. Do you need more time? Do you need to like make time to work out? Do you need time yeah. for, I don't mm-hmm. know. I've definitely been in those spots. Yeah. yeah. Like what's going to actually move the needle? Yeah. I'm so You're far like, gone. I have you no know, idea. I'm just uh, drowning. I know. A month, a month long cruise. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think that's where a lot of, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where a lot of moms are. Yeah. And so we're like, when I think, you know, like, I think especially coming out of like a pandemic, that oh, yeah. really like swallowed up women. You watched women having to leave the workforce and like, mm-hmm. you know, how many millions, two million yeah, women. Millions. Yeah. Um, and then I read recently, maybe I'm making this up, but I hope not. Um, that like the number one reason for divorce right now is that women are out earning men or putting in as much work in the workforce as their partner. And still doing the majority of the child home default parenting stuff. Hmm. And so it's not it's not that they're out earning. It's like the combination that like I have yeah. a full time job. I'm working my ass off and then I come home and I'm working my ass off here, too. And there's yeah. no help. Right. And I think yeah. that that's like, you know, a big thing is that of this like losing ourselves and getting locked in like you're talking about yes. right where yeah of course like you know when you're you know I exclusively breastfed my children and yep, so same. Marcus wasn't you know up in the middle of the night with these babies I was and it made sense then right you know I'm like I don't mm-hmm. need you to wake up with me I need a functional human that gets sleep in this house because I'm I was like sleep deprived for I'm like not. six years <laughs> the babies back to back and it was a lot oh my gosh um, and so you know but I think that like it's really easy to then get like locked into some of those things of mm-hmm. I'm the one that does all the feedings all the changings all the night shifts right and yes. we had to kind of have like a come to Jesus moment at some point once like the breastfeeding ended but kids still weren't sleeping at night I'm like yeah I'm clocking out yeah. The night shifts are not mine anymore. I am exhausted. Yes. Right? But I think it's really easy and, you know, fill in the blank with whatever is um, well, like your scenario, right? Like, totally. Um, and one I, example. I think, I don't know if what you're talking about, I've heard this term recently is it walk away moms mm-hmm. or something? Walk away wives. Yeah. Something like that where they're um, sort of living with this. Um, baseline of discontent in their relationship and then all of a sudden they go and their partner's like wait I don't know I didn't (laughs) know what's the problem like what's I thought we were all good like like totally sort of out of the loop and I hopefully I'm representing this properly I just read about it last week and um 
I think that, you know, what you're talking about is like at some point you had this come to Jesus. And I think there are a lot of women who feel that like inner rage, right? They feel that intensity, but they also have layered on it guilt or these belief systems that really get the shoulds shoulds. that get in the way of being able to have the come to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Or even if you don't get to come to Jesus, have it early on. Like we need to figure out, yeah, Yeah. what are like, let's renegotiate our roles. Let's, let's talk about my, I have needs. Mm -hmm. I'd have, maybe you haven't noticed, but I have them too. And I need, you know, I'm going to honor yours and help you meet yours, but like we need to figure something out for mine. And Mm -hmm. so I think there's all these these barriers that prevent a lot of women because of multiple factors why we struggle with these things, but they get in the way of us really being able to assert our needs and feel okay about that, to feel in sort of a, I call it like a healthy sense of entitlement Mm -hmm. to assert assert your needs and have these tough conversations. Yeah. And it's hard to have the conversations because I feel like Mm -hmm. sometimes you're resentful that I have to have this conversation. This feels like one whole more job. (laughs) Yeah, you know but like I don't know the things won't change your needs won't be met if you're not communicating them and like that just is the thing and it sucks I know I was arguing with a troll in my DMs this morning I don't know why I like bite every time I bite every time I'm like oh really you know let's talk about it and and they never want to talk they just want to say nasty things you know but it was it was around that idea which is like educators should not uh, talk to women about having to do more work in the form of like don't educators don't put it on women mm-hmm. to try to shift the mental load or shift when I mean, we're talking more globally even than the mental load it's like how do you care for your relationship with yourself and assert your needs and yeah. all these other things yeah. but um my response is always like well what's the alternative if if I mean, in a perfect world, we would love our partners to just initiate all of our care, to see everything that's going on and to step in. But if we're if we're living with a just pit of boiling, stewing resentment, then unless we're ready to walk away from our relationship, same, same, then it requires conversation just like in every other domain of our relationship. Yeah. We've definitely been there. We've done a lot of work to stay out of there. Um this like past year moving my body has been like so important Mm -hmm. for me like it's like turned into a big need especially in all my healing journey stuff yeah if I'm not moving my body I'm up in my head not doing well um (laughs) so that's just like the thing so for me I've been like in a yoga studio for I don't know how long almost a year now maybe and uh and I love it and it's been great I do hot yoga classes and I love the women there and it's been really great I recently took my husband with me I'm like I think he would love this he has like uh ACL minor tear Mm. and they're like should we do surgery should we not so he's like had to um not be running that's like his big thing so I'm like you should come do yoga with me so he comes and he loves it and now I'm like did you just give away your special time now? So we had to have the conversation <laughs> because like somebody has to stay with these children, right? Yeah. And I'm like, so my biggest fear of like giving you yeah. my yoga studio is now that you're going to book sessions yeah. and I have to accommodate your schedule, take care of my kids. And now I can't go. And he's like, Oh, no, no, no. And so, like, we had, like, that fear, right? That, like, yes. that was my fear. It's a real fear. 
And, you know, him being able to validate it and like, okay, this is how we're going to like navigate. Now if we both have like a passion for yoga and both want to be in the yoga studio, this is how we're going to do it. And uh, he said that I get first dibs. So I won. (laughs) Yes. Success. (laughs) But you know what I mean? But I think like, but if you don't have that conversation, I could have sat with that and let it play out. Yeah. Which previous versions of Abby would have. Previous For versions sure. of Abby, I would have like sat with that like fear. You would have been angry at him and, and it wouldn't have actually happen. And manifest happened. to that mm-hmm. and then been like, mm-hmm. see all the truth, right? I knew and it. I knew it. I knew You're it. just like, you don't think about me. You don't prioritize me. My needs don't matter. And it would yes. have like come true, right? And so yes. we have to speak those fears, those needs, all those things. It's so important. I I mean, preaching to the <laughs> choir, honestly. I mean, I feel like a main sort of, there's different themes that are woven through my book. And one yeah. of them is really teaching moms. I don't actually know if I've said this out loud, but teaching moms, women, but moms, how to be like, how to be really in the know with themselves yeah. so they can be advocates yeah. for themselves so they can care for their relationship. And caring for your relationship might mean that you don't keep that stuff in and you speak it out. Yeah. So it might bring in other people, but like on your own, what do you do to make sure that you're feeling whole in the life that you're leading yeah. with your children, with your partner? And I love that you were like, you know, it took me a little bit and I figured out what worked for me. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's you know, another thing about my book is it's not prescriptive. It's not like yeah. every mom does yoga and you're better, right? Because I don't know. Right. Like sometimes I would do yoga and my body would just hate it. Yeah. Like I, I loved it, but yeah. my body wouldn't love it. Yeah. And so part of it is, you know, know yourself. Do these regular check-ins with yourself. What do you need? You know, where can you make these adjustments? And and get to know what works for you. What, what helps you decompress? What helps you feel filled up? All of these different things. And so I'm glad you found it. And I'm glad you protected it. Yeah. Because those are, you know, important aspects yeah. of making sure you're cared for. Yeah. I think I've definitely gotten a lot better at um, being okay with, like, it works until it doesn't. And it's okay yeah. when things need to change, right? Yeah. So, like, for me – I have went through like at the beginning of my estrangement journey, a lot of like rest. I needed Mm -hmm. a lot more rest Mm -hmm. and not a lot of movement. Maybe I Mm -hmm. did need movement, but I just wasn't doing it. (laughs) But but I needed more rest during that period, that season. And now I need more movement. Um, So yeah, I definitely agree with you when you're like checking in with yourself and like, what do I need and being okay when it's like, okay, I've been doing this, but now like that's not working working and my cup isn't getting full from this anymore. What am I going to shift and do differently? Yeah. I mean, you're bringing up all of these points that I talk about. So it's like really awesome. (laughs) I'm like, well, so the, um, the book starts with the intro, but I just titled it because I want people to actually read it because, you know, I I always skip the intro. So it's like, I gotta be sneaky, (laughs) but it's called balance is baloney. And it's what you're talking about, which is this myth that we've all been fed that somehow we're going to find this like perfect, you know, state of balance that we just exist in forever. And it's like, are not consistent creatures. We're not. I mean, our, I mean, we say this, um, in all of our courses, really like even our course for couples, which is like your relationship will never reach a cruising altitude permanently. You're going to hit some turbulence and the same goes for your relationship with yourself. And so when we know it to be true that life is going to regularly sort of disconnect us from ourselves or it's going to mess us up. I mean, 
today's the first day of school. There was like a lot of stuff messing me up getting ready for today. Um, if we know that's going to happen, we can also know that our relationships don't autocorrect. Mm. And so when you're saying like, it didn't work for me anymore, like something kind of disrupted it, just not working for you, you know that you don't just keep on going and assume that it's going to fix itself. Um, so we know stuff's not going to autocorrect. The the like next logical point is that we have to be managers of our relationship. And so whether it's with our partner, with our children, we're really good managers with yep. our children. Yep. Um, but, but especially with ourselves, we have to be good managers of that relationship. Yeah. So Morgan, you talk in your book about transforming this relationship with herself and you have a five step to transformation <laughs> or for yes. transformation. Can you kind of walk us through what those steps are? Yeah. So they're built around uh, a model of, of relationships. It's called the relationship attachment model. Yeah. And um, it was developed actually by my dad in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, But it's been researched. I always feel like I have to say, like, we're not just writing stuff on napkins (laughs) and being like, there you go. Like, it's it's been researched by different universities, not by us. Um, I, I did research it, too. But it's been researched by others. It's in textbooks and all these things. But it's a model of relationships that is a picture, which I think is really unique about it because it it's it's the model that I ask moms to use for their self-check-in. So when I say manage your relationship with yourself, it's like, okay, that sounds good. What does that mean? You know, it's just so ambiguous. So it's providing a visible picture to something that's kind of invisible. And so there are five bonds that make up each and every relationship that I ask moms to check in with. So each of the five steps in my book corresponds to one of the um, aspects of a relationship. And so the first step is know deeply. And the idea is, is that we have to really know ourselves. And I know this is common sense, right? But I can, I mean, how many times has someone been like, hey, Abby, how are you? And you're like, I'm good. I'm right. like, no, how are you? And you're like, uh, like, have you ever done that? We're like, uh, I don't, I don't know how I am. Like we, we are so good at just having this momentum through life that we don't actually really stay in touch with ourselves. Yeah. So the idea is, is that when you know yourself deeply, you are able to meet your needs well and care for yourself in ways that actually make a difference. So I go deep in each chapter and then come out with these practical tools. Step two is trust accurately. It's about our self-concept. I think this is one of the most powerful interventions we can make uh, because you can do it while you're going about your day, but it's about how you think about yourself, how you talk to yourself, all these other things flow from it. And that chapter talks about mom guilt and um, the shoulds and all of those things. And then rely boldly is all about needs, which I love talking about needs (sighs) because it's an area that I've always kind of struggled with and kind of worked my way through. And so I think it's one that's powerful for mom. So how do you identify, assert your needs and then commit wisely, which is about couple things. Talk about willpower, how we prioritize our days in a way that we feel at peace with. I think Mm -hmm. moms are constantly managing conflicting priorities and it is draining and a huge source of guilt. So how do you do it? And then the last one's touch purposefully. This is the closest chapter to a regular self-care, but I talk about things like body image. I talk a little bit about sex Mm -hmm. um, and the importance of touching ourselves in ways that really mean something. And one of the main takeaways is um, we got to listen to our bodies because it's speaking to us. Women have this crazy ability to 
just look the other way when we've been struggling and in pain for I mean I remember I had like back pain for like two years yeah before I actually went and saw a chiropractor but turns out it was actually my intestines but it's just like you know we are so good at being like oh it's probably from carrying the baby or it's because we're tired or it's just we're getting older and we don't listen to our bodies who are like our bodies are these wonderful machines and so uh, I walk moms through these five areas and then give them a simple plan for a check-in and you know, I think part of what I wanted my book to be was um, to feel like a conversation with a friend over coffee mm-hmm. that also knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. So each each area, I first apply to your relationship with your kids because I think it's really easy to see how we do this stuff with our kids. And then I show you how it works with yourself. So hoping that's more palatable for moms yeah. to take this information in. Yeah, I- I think that the best part about your book is that it is so practical and there are like (laughs) these great tools embedded into it of like, here's what to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So important. I feel like if we, if you can't walk away and know what to do, then you're just like, well, that was a nice read, you know, like what do you do with this? So yeah, no, it really goes through each thing and gives great tools. So thank, thank you, you for gifting that to the world. Um, and then you kind of wrap it up with Go Mom Yourself. Yeah. So I um, have this call to action in the book where I talk about how we have to learn how to mother ourselves like we mother our kids, yeah. which is why I apply everything to our kids and then to ourselves. Yeah. And the short version is Go Mom Yourself. Yeah. And this is basically that's your self-check-in. You have to remember this. I wanted moms to have a phrase that is like really easily accessible that reminds them I'm like, oh. I haven't done this yet. I need to go mom myself. And so I'm hoping that sticks with people. And I encourage everyone to come up with a trigger. You know, whenever we think of peanut butter, we think of jelly, you know, or Reese cups. I don't know. That's where I go. But I I feel like we have to come up with some sort of um, trigger that reminds us to go mom ourselves, whether it's when you're making breakfast, taking a shower, going to the bathroom, whatever, so we can get in this practice of of checking in with ourselves and staying, staying in touch with what we need. Yeah, mine's definitely, I check in in the shower. That's like my yeah. quiet moment, right? Yes. <laughs> it's like the only quiet place in my whole house. Yes. And yeah, I think especially for my fellow cycle breakers who are listening, this go mom yourself is so, so important, right? Because I think those of us who are on this journey of healing and, you know, some of this reparenting work and yeah. healing our children, we are really called to mom ourselves and I think that we are so much honestly just like such a generation that is most of us are doing that whether you came from great meaning well-meaning parents or not um I think a lot of us are doing some re some kind of reparenting work and so whether you're momming that inner child inside of you or momming the adult mom of yourself both so so important Yeah. I mean, I think it all goes together. Yeah, I do too. As you're healing that inner child, you're working to change cycles and break cycles with your kids. You in turn become different on your, you know, as a mom so and a woman. Yeah. And what a beautiful example to give to our children. I feel like that's like the only reason you'll go and do it. Go go take care of yourself. So that we produce the next generation that doesn't struggle so much and live in the shoulds and the guilt and all the craziness that we just do. It's a struggle and we're burnt out, we're tired and we're exhausted. 
I know. And the irony of it all. More. You deserve better. We deserve better. And the irony of it all is it's like we do all of that in the service of our relationships that mean the most. And then we end up grumpy and irritable in the relationships that mean the most. And so if there's no other motivation, let it be to feel light and happy and joyful in in the relationships that you love and care about so much. Yeah. Morgan, thank you so much for joining me. And I just want to say thank you for gifting the universe this beautiful labor of love. <laughs> I know thank it has you. been a labor of love. Um, but yeah, make sure that you go pick up Dr. Morgan's book wherever you get your books. Uh, Morgan, tell me, tell my listeners where they can find you. Yeah, so you can find everything about me and my book on my website. So it's drmorgancutlip.com backslash book. Um, if you buy the book before September 19th when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure when this airs, but you get all these free gifts. And there are some really good ones. I have some exclusive interviews on mom friends and yeah. different things like that. So I encourage you to do that. But you can buy the book anywhere, anywhere you buy books. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram, Dr. Morgan Cutlip. Morgan, thank you thank again you. so much for joining me <laughs> and helping me support you, the mother. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.